Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. Uh, Here we are on draft day, uh, the Christmas of uh, the NFL, and really the start of the NFL season, because it's the only thing really between... The combine, and for those who care about the combine, at least between the combine and um, not spring training, uh, training camp, I should say. Um, but for the majority of people, this is the only big uh, landmark NFL thing uh, after the Super Bowl. Um, so here we are on draft day. Um, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, this is currently be recording eight twenty six uh, p.m. on Thursday evening. So the draft has already started. A couple picks are in. But I'll get to that. But first, I want to start off with uh, what else is going on uh, around the world of sports. Uh, we last left you on Easter um, and uh, Passover. So I want to uh, wish everybody, a uh, again, I hope everybody had a good Passover and a good Easter. And uh, now the weather's really turning. We're fully into spring, and uh, away we go towards summer. Um, I first wanted to talk about uh, the NHL. Um, so we had the uh, the Rangers actually winning two games at Madison Square Garden and overcoming the uh, <laughs> pardon me overcoming uh, the Montreal Canadiens the uh, top ranked uh, Montreal Canadiens in uh, the Atlantic Division uh, they were able to uh, uh, overcome oh I should say at least in the Atlantic yeah the Atlantic Division uh, Washington was the overall number one uh, with 118 points in the Eastern Conference. Um, so in any case, uh, yeah, so we had the Rangers uh, beating the Canadians, two games at in Madison Square Garden where they hadn't won in a very long time, even one game, let alone more than one. Um, so we had that. Uh, the Capitals, uh, first of all, a lot of overtime games in hockey. Re- and really, it just adds the excitement to uh, playoff hockey, which is the best playoff, I believe, um, but the Capitals were able to hold on over the Maple Leafs. I was kind of sad to see Maple Leafs go. Um, Austin Matthews didn't... Uh, look, it's his first time in the playoffs. Uh, he did well, admirably. But I, I guess I guess I was kind of expecting just some sort of almost Carlos Beltran-type performance in his first series. But it was not to be. But still, you know, bringing the, uh, bringing the Capitals to six games and into overtime. And especially after the Capitals had given up, uh, had blown a game where they had the lead going into the third period. Um, and then they almost gave up a second game. They were up something like five to... They were up by like four goals. And uh, the Maple Leafs came back with three and really gave uh, Cap fans a lot of palpitations. Um, the Senators uh, beat the Bruins. What you'll notice in the playoffs is that aside from the Rangers, all of the other... Uh, original six teams are out, and I I really enjoy when I see an original six team in there. Uh, you know, I think they it, it's just more interesting. The, there's something classic about it. It's almost like if the Yankees were in the you know. As much as I'm not a Yankee fan, 
Still, the Yankees in the playoff, that's a big deal. You know, when the Steelers make the playoffs, that's a big deal. You know, Giants and, you know, in basketball, when the Lakers and the Celtics are in the playoffs, that those are big things. So when you see an original six team, especially five out of the six were there, you know, that, that draws some eyes and some, uh, you know, halfway decent fans. But with all but the Rangers out of it, now, hopefully, if you're a fan of hockey, you're still into it. If you got caught up in the hockey excitement, excitement, you're still with it. Um, but we'll see. It depends. Uh, the Blues, uh, four games to one over the Wild. Uh, Edmonton moves on, four games to two over the Sharks. Um, and you also had the Penguins. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, my goodness. The Penguins, I believe they swept, didn't they? Yeah, they had a they had a good uh no I'm sorry, four games to one over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh so that's why oh and the Predators uh for swept sweeping the Blackhawks. So here we are now. Um uh so far the Predators, I believe. My apologies, everybody. Um the Predators, uh um sorry. Predators took a one game to nothing lead over the Blues. Um 49ers, uh, 49ers, sorry, uh, the Oilers, I should say, have a one game to lead over, one game lead over the Ducks, um, and, uh, so right now, as, as we're currently recording this, Rangers and Senators start, and then Pittsburgh and the Capitals, now that's a big, I mean, that's Ovechkin, that's Crosby, I mean, these are two of the biggest names in the last 10 years, um, Ovechkin just cannot overcome, you know, Sid the Kid, and the rest of the uh, the Penguins to move on. Uh, you know, the Penguins have uh, Crosby has, has, I think, two rings. And I mean, this is this isn't quite. Uh, this is hockey's light version of uh, Magic versus Bird. I mean, this is a big deal. Um, so, so oh, I I, I kind of want the Rangers to move on again, as I talked about, as I as I espouse about the original six teams. I'm always interested in seeing the Rangers move on. I kind of want to see the Penguins beat the Capitals. I'd like to see the Blues and the Oilers. Uh, just something more authentic about those teams. You know, just the name, the brand recognition. Ducks are Ducks are good, but honestly, I I ever since they changed their names, they should be the Mighty Ducks a and Also, I really enjoyed, you know, the old, the purple and green. I really enjoyed those colors, but you know, not to me. I don't know if that, I don't know, I, I'm just not quite sold on, you know, uh, southern hockey teams, uh, even though Nashville is, it, it's still the south, technically, um, so that's just where I am in that. Moving over to basketball, um, Cleveland struggled in a sweep um, over the Pacers, uh, it's the lowest recorded um Point differential by a sweeping team. I think only like they only had 13 more points overall um, than the Pacers did in a sweep. It's the lowest, and a lot of people are saying that the uh, uh, Cavaliers are ripe for the picking. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, uh, very sad news with uh, the Boston Celtics. Isaiah Thomas's uh, sister died the day before. Um, I believe it was Game One. Of their first round matchup with the Bulls, uh, and it didn't affect him too much on the court. Uh, he still, his stat line 
was still pretty good, but still it, it almost looked like it, it was kind of bringing the team down, so they went down uh, two games to nothing. But now currently they, I think, believe they're three game, they're up three games to two. Um, or I should say, uh, yes, they're three games to two over the Bulls now. Um, and the Warriors, boy, you got to feel bad for the Trailblazers. So the Trailblazers, <laughs> Trailblazers uh, go into game three at home. Um, Steve Kerr, who is the coach of the Warriors, goes, um, you know, he had back surgery early this year and uh, he had more complications with his back. So he had to sit out game three. Um, and a couple other players were scratches, including Kevin Durant. So here you are. You are the Trailblazers at home against, look, it, not a decimated team, but not a team at 100%. You have the idea, okay, maybe they can take one here. It would make sense. And they still lose that game, which really begged the question, if you're not going to beat a team like the Warriors, still a very good team, but if you're not going to win at home against a less than 100% team without their regular head coach, again, they did do very well with, who was that, Luke Walton was their head coach, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. Um, but he was out for most of, for a good part of the season, so it's not like they can't perform without a coach. But still, things are a little bit different for this one game, and they still couldn't win. So if they couldn't win that game, what chance did they have the following game where they were at 100%, where Kerr was back, um, and uh, so it obviously it didn't work out because they got swept. Uh, so, again, feel bad for the Trailblazers uh, a little bit. Um, uh, the Spurs are, keep, are you know still chugging along. Uh, Wizards have taken the three games to, to lead. Um, Rockets beat Oklahoma City. Feel bad for Westbrook. Um, he, he kept on scoring triple doubles, but it just did not do well enough, uh, to really overtake the Rockets and the Rockets, uh, took them four games to one. Uh, the Jazz are currently leading the, uh, Clippers three games to two. I mean, obviously you cannot, you have to say that it's going to be, uh, you, everybody expects the Warriors to be there at the end from the West, um, from the East. It really is a toss-up if Cleveland is as um, vulnerable as they seem. If the Celtics can keep this hot streak they're on, they've won three games in a row. And honestly, if the Wizards, because I think John Wall is, is a real... I mean, he could do very well, uh, and he has been playing very well, but he could really uh, cause other teams problems. But this isn't new. So I, I'd i be interested in any one of those three taking on the Warriors. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We'll keep track of that. Um, moving over to soccer real quick. Um, the big thing was uh, a couple, about a week ago, uh, El Clasico, which is uh, La Liga, the uh, Spanish uh, soccer league. Uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid, uh, or Real Madrid, sorry. Uh, Barcelona uh, winning 3-2. to two. Three goals to two with uh, Messi scoring two goals, including the final kick of the game at uh, two minutes past the 90th minute um, in extra time. Uh, the final kick of the game, he scores a goal to break a 2-2 tie. And uh, he adds another, he cements another uh, 
you know, brick in his uh, his wall of uh, of notable events. Just can't win a World Cup. That's the only difficulty. It's the only thing holding him back. Um, and you know, this was a big again. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, Real Madrid, and Messi on uh, uh, Barcelona. You know, those are the two biggest uh, soccer stars in the world. So. Uh, them going head-to-head is no- noteworthy to begin with, and then a game that is a match, I'm sorry, a match that is decided on the final kick of it. I mean, that's pretty incredible, so very noteworthy. Uh, moving over to baseball, um, golly, I'm going to hold off on my Mets. Um, the Orioles are really chugging along, as is Houston, um, both with uh, uh, over a 600, uh, six and a half, six an over 600 winning percentage, excuse my, uh, it's not a stammer, it's a stammer, not a stutter. <laughs> uh, the Nationals also doing well, um, and uh, that's about it at the top. Those are the cream of the crop right now. And the Yankees, um, who had a really good homestand against the White Sox, and I, I forget the other team they were playing, um, but they had like an eight-game winning streak at home. Uh, so I should say they went eight and one at home so far this season, um, playing really really well. They're getting pretty good pitching, but their offense is pretty unbelievable, off the charts. Uh, they have a thirty-two run differential, which I believe is highest in the majors. I'll double check that real quick. And I mean, Aaron Judge is the uh, Washington's got a thirty-four, um, but still, it's nothing to nothing to shake your head at. Aaron Judge has been the real big winner in this I mean he just he's six foot four uh or I should say was he I think he's actually six seven or six six tall guy and just the power he generates on his swings unbelievable um uh Eric Thames uh um a former former major leaguer went to Korea for I think two three years came back with the Brewers He's got something like 10 home runs. I mean, he is unbelievable. Um, we'll see what happens when the calendar turns to make. Because everybody who starts off the season hot, it, you have to be a special kind of player to keep it going. But for the most part, a lot of these players, when May switches over that first month, uh, they slow down. Uh, the pitchers get a better read on them. The scattering reports really come through. So it'll be interesting to see how he holds up. So, same thing with Aaron Judge. And the Mets are a mess right now. Currently, last place in the NL East, um, a record of eight and thirteen. Um, injuries have been the downfall so far. Um, Duda is out with a hyperextended elbow. Um, Wilmer Flores is out with an infection in his knee. I mean, we know about the pitcher. We know about um, Stephen Matz being out for a while longer, and Seth Lugo out as well. Brandon Nimmo. Uh, who Lugo and Nimmo both got injured during the World Baseball Classic. Uh, as Jubal Cabrera was limping around, and now it just came out after a an injury, an injury with um, uh, Johannes Cespedes and his thigh, what they called a cramp, a cramp in his hamstring. Well, today, Thursday afternoon, a game against the Braves in the fourth inning, uh, running out, legging out a double, he uh, pulls his hamstring. So he's going to be out for a while. I mean, this is just a mess. This is a team that had so 
much hope. And look, it is only April. It's not even May. I understand that. But to have so many... Pl- and then Noah Syndergaard is, is complaining of a quote-unquote tired arm. We'll see what that happens. Matt Harvey, you know, he had a spot start today. But, I mean, he topped out at 92 and he gave up... Uh, I mean, just it's not looking good for the Mets. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and write the season off. But unless something drastic happens soon, because... I mean, this April's been, a, I mean, they've played almost every game in the division, which, uh, with the unbound schedule, you usually get that in September, but, I mean, here it's straight through, and they are constantly, constantly seeing the Braves, the Phillies, the Marlins, and the Nationals, and right now they are creaming the Mets. Uh, they, the Mets just went 1-7 and seven on a homestand. I mean, this isn't good. They're on a six-game losing streak. This isn't good at all. So, unless something happens, but I don't know. So, let's move on to the NFL draft. Um, There was a lot of talk about the Browns. What were they going to do? They were actually flirting with Trubinsky, uh, the quarterback out of North Carolina for a while, when everybody was almost certain I mean, it started off at a pretty much a like if you look at all the draft, uh, the mock drafts, everybody had it about a hundred percent, them taking Miles Garrett, and then all of a sudden, the last couple of days, this idea has been sneaking in that maybe they will take Trubisky. You hear all these rumors, maybe Trubisky's going to go to the Browns and with the first pick, which would have been ridiculous. Garrett is a is a pretty special player in terms of it. He is the best player. Trubisky is not. He's ba- he's barely the best quarterback in it, um, but thankfully the Browns came to their senses and with the first pick chose Miles Garrett, which everybody kind of figured for a while. Um, so that's been uh, figured out. And then with the second pick, the Niners, who were they going to tra- take Trubisky? Nobody was really sure, and they weren't even sure. And quite honestly, you kept on hearing things that they wanted out of that second spot desperately because. They have so many holes to fill. They're better off just stockpiling draft picks, getting all they can in this draft, and then sort it out at during the season or after next year, after this season. So they ended up trading to the Bears, and the Bears, who are out with, with are without Jay Cutler anymore, and have a whole slew of issues themselves. Went in and chose Mitchell Trubisky. Um, so he is now uh, the going to the presumptive uh, quarterback of the quote unquote future for the Bears. Um, the Forty Niners uh, moved one spot back with the Bears. The Bears had the three, but they were very intent on getting Trubisky. Um, so the Niners dropped back one and got uh, Solomon Thomas. A uh, he's a he's a catch all defensive uh, front seven guy, uh, but he'll probably uh, be a defensive end. Um, and then uh, in the fourth pick, the Jaguars took Leonard Fournette. They have a slew of running backs, Chris Ivory and, uh, oh, my goodness, what is his name? T.J. Yeldon, who I thought was a really good uh, – I, I like T.J. Yeldon, but it's probably going to be Yeldon who's who's going to leave. Fournette will take that spot, unless they do something crazy like they keep Fournette as the third string and then build it up, but it's very likely not going to happen. Yeldon's had a couple seasons to prove himself, and he hasn't really shown himself to be a a great uh, quarterback out of the draft. You know, a lot of these Alabama running backs, 
uh, are hit and miss. Um, <laughs> Eddie Lacy did well at first, and you know, then he became what is known as Fat Eddie Lacy, but now he's with the Seahawks. And uh, we all know about Trent Richardson. Um, and then T.J. Yeldon uh, was a smaller back compared to those two, but he was do- Mark Ingram was a big one. He's he's been doing well. Um, and then Derrick Henry came out last year. He hasn't been used quite as much uh, in Tennessee, but he'll probably continue to build himself up. But they just took, actually, Tennessee, Corey Davis at wide receiver um, to add to that sort of uh, that triumvirate of uh, Mariota. And, uh, oh, my goodness, who's the running back that I'm forgetting in Tennessee? I forget. I'm very bad at that. Uh, so now uh, my New York Jets are with the sixth pick, and... I don't even know where to go. Uh, honestly, the uh, I, as a Jet fan, I'm very just. Uh, I've come to terms with the fact that they'll probably take a cornerback. A, a I mean, this is a team that hasn't taken an offensive draft pick since I think 2005, 2006. I mean, uh, when you're talking about and not a court, not just a quarterback, like an actual offensive piece, I think that was the uh, great draft where they got Mangold and DeBrickshaw Ferguson. Um, but so I don't. Uh, I mean, currently they have Christian Ponder, uh, might be their starter. Um, or Christian Ponder, sorry, Christian Hackenberg, uh, and also um, I don't even know the other guy's name. What does it even matter? Uh, the Jets really stink. And this night especially is just horrible. I mean, the Jets have a viral video about how bad their drafts are. I mean, th- we passed up on Sap and took Kyle Brady. I, I liked Kyle Brady as a kid, but he did nothing on the field. I mean, the Jets once took a fullback in the first round. Uh, it just it didn't work out well. Nothing works well for the Jets in the in the draft. Really is a sad, and honestly, I miss the fact that it's in uh, Radio City Music Hall because it, you know, that's New York, that's Jet territory. You you always have the traveling fans who go to see the draft live in person, but whenever the Jets would come on, just this chorus of booze by their own fans, it really is something else. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I won't I won't let you, the listener, uh, wait around to hear my misery. Although I'll probably let you know if I scream audibly at something so ridiculous like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Honestly, if I were, as a fan, who would I want to see? O.J. Howard. And I'll tell you why. Because, A, to keep him off the board for everybody else. And, B, I mean, this is a team that's lost uh, Brandon Marshall. M- Matt Forte is uh, is on the decline. They have no wide receiver, or they have no quarterback. Eric Decker, who, if he can get on the field, will uh, could be good. Uh, depends on who's throwing to. But uh, a tight end, that's an added blocker in a draft where the offensive linemen are pretty weak at the top. So, yeah, the last eight first-round picks by the Jets have been defensive players. Um, but I would want O.J. Howard just as that sort of Insurance as uh, a blo- hopefully a blocker, an added body on the line, and uh, then become a better pass-catching uh, tight end. But we'll see. Although it looks as though Jamal Adams, uh, LSU safety, uh, will be 
picked. They just showed him on television, on the phone, sort of weeping. Uh, so it's probably going to be him. We'll see. I mean, I don't blame the Jets for taking a defensive back, uh, you know, uh, a safety. I mean, in a division with Tannehill and, of course, Brady, and with all of the offensive weapons the Patriots have got in the offseason, I don't blame the Jets one single bit to go out and get a defensive back. Um, but, I mean, Calvin Pryor can barely stay on the field. The Louisville slugger, he just he has not been able to transfer over and not stay healthy on the field. So it's it's been rather rather difficult in that respect. So we'll see how that goes. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to my rambling. Um, I hope everybody has a good rest of the April. I hope weather's nice by you. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Andrew, please take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.